welcome to Inetica to today's episode. And I'm very happy to welcome Eleonora Aysat here from Be Worm. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Which problem exactly do you solve? Yeah, we do solve the problem of plastic pollution. Of course, not the whole problem as it is really broad and complex. But we have been looking at this problem and we have been trying to find out which are the leverage points that we could address. And one of these leverage points are the recycling technologies that are lacking. We do have really few recycling technologies that we're currently using. Some countries are not using any kind of recycling technologies. So it's really necessary to come up with new solutions for this point. Okay, interesting. And how is the problem currently being solved? As you said, there are still lacking many solutions or many recycling approaches, but still there are recycling approaches, right? Yeah. So the two main uh, processes that are out there is uh, mechanical recycling and thermal recycling. Mechanical recycling is what most people think what recycling is. So uh, stuff gets collected, it gets uh, cleaned and shredded and then reprocessed into new products. But this happens only to around 15% of the products because we do have a really complicated waste stream and most materials are not feasible for this kind of process. So only uh, PET and HDPE, which are the bottles, like the, the thick shampoo bottles, for example, are feasible for this process. All the other stuff gets either downcycled into products that are not that uh, high quality anymore or burnt. And this is the second, the second process that we have. Uh, the, the nice term for it is thermal recycling, but the actual fact is that we're burning stuff. We're generating energy with this process, but still it's not a sustainable process. It's linear. Of course, you can do it only like you can do it one time only. Yeah. And it's uh, creating a lot of CO2. It's not something that we should keep doing if we want to have a healthy planet. So uh, these are the two processes that are used right now in most European countries. But there are a lot of countries in the world that don't have any kind of waste management facilities. So they just throw their stuff on a pile and wait for it to disappear, which is not going to happen. At least you wait for 400 years, <laughs> then maybe it's going to go away. <laughs> That's highly interesting. I mean, you said a number right now, 15% only for the first way of uh, waste management, but then 85% still remain. I mean, aren't there any other approaches in this part as well? Yeah, I mean, there are several approaches uh, and we need to develop several technologies in order to solve that. Of course, you can also improve mechanical recycling in order to just have a higher percentage of recycled um, products. You could even start earlier in the design of the products. This would like be one key factor. Uh, it's also something that we are looking at as a side project. So if you design products that are more feasible for mechanical recycling, then you already have less of a problem. Then there is another process called chemical recycling, which is similar to what we are going to do. And that is yeah, chemical process, as the name already says, that decomposes plastics into their building blocks. But the problem there is that it has really high energy requirements. And yeah, it's a process that is not industrialized enough yet. 
but there are many teams working on chemical recycling as well. So for a good future in uh, recycling and in the plastics industry, we would have to have several different innovation technologies in raw material recycling and in the material recycling, like mechanical recycling. But you would also have to change things at the beginning of the chain in education, in uh, law, many other points that you would need to change in order to solve them. Okay, so you say in general, chemical recycling is in need of high energy consumption? Yeah, so the problem with chemical recycling currently is that it's, and um, so the process is called pyrolysis, and it requires high temperatures and high pressure. There are technologies out there that don't have this problem so much anymore, but they are, as we are, in a really early stage. So chemical recycling has been used less than 1% in the whole waste management system so far, although it would be a good solution. And why hasn't it been used so much until now? Are there other economical reasons, maybe? Yeah, because of this uh, energy problem. It has been too okay. expensive so far. Also, the big problem with the plastic uh, pollution is that the virgin material is so cheap. And un until now, there was no green movement that required the industry to use recycled materials. So they would, of course, rather go for virgin materials that cost less and have better virgin quality. And what we are aiming to do with our solution is to have a biological process that is similar to chemical recycling. So it has the same goal to split up the molecule into shorter chains and get out raw material and this raw material would be virgin like so it would be competitive to the virgin like raw material that's the interesting thing about biotic recycling you have less energy requirement than chemical recycling but you get out raw material as in chemical recycling okay how exactly do you do it i mean be warm Say something about larvae and could you please explain <laughs> a little more right now? Yeah, sure. Um, that's actually how we started. So we um, did experiments with the wax worm. Mm -hmm. The wax worm is an animal that um, adapted to pollution and uh, is able to eat plastics without dying. Incredible. So that's actually really interesting. Um, we wow. took a deeper look into that. Um, and we isolated some gut bacteria out of this wax worm and did some experiments with this gut bacteria and found out that there is actually something in this worm that can attack polyethylene, which is the material that we're focusing on. And um, our main goal is to find out the degradation process behind this, so to analyze the bacteria and find the enzymes in the bacteria, so basically at the end for the process, you only need the, the enzymes, which are the key bioagents for the process, and then scale it up from this point. So maybe you can think about uh, yourself when you drink milk. You also have microorganisms in your gut that decompose the milk. But the, the reason they can do this is because they produce an enzyme called lactase. And this enzyme is the key for the whole process. So you wouldn't need the whole human being or the whole um, microorganisms to decompose the milk. You need this key enzyme. And this is what we need as well. So we need to find out what the key enzymes are. And from this step on, we can stabilize them, optimize them, build a bioreactor, throw everything in the bioreactor and degrade uh, the plastic to 
raw materials. Thanks for breaking it down for me because I'm really not a bioengineer, not at all, <laughs> but still now I understand it. At what exact stage are you right now? We are quite uh, early. Uh, we are in a research stage. That's also why we are still deeply connected with the Technical University of Munich. Yeah. Uh, we need a lab. We need um, all the facility there and the expertise. So we are not incorporated yet. I would define us in a like pre-seed stage. But we are still uh, already quite a big team. We are three people in the core team and we have five uh, students who help us, students and volunteers. And currently we're doing two master theses on the topic as well. So we do have uh, a lot of support from professors and uh, from the university in general, which helps us a lot uh, to reach this next step and hopefully find the enzymes soon. <laughs> okay, so you are still on the look now for the enzymes and what you basically need is uh, support for that. Well, you already got pretty much the support, but still maybe funding. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key for us also. We do have a lot of scientific support, but we are still struggling financially, of course, as every startup does. We don't have any kind of uh, proper funding yet. We do have some price money, but we are currently looking for funding possibilities either in the public sector or also privately. It would be nice to get that soon. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that because your topic is extremely relevant nowadays and also sounds very promising. Thank you very much for your time. It was incredibly interesting and I wish you best of luck for the next steps you will be taking. Everyone listening out there, check out their website on b1.org and don't forget to tune in next time on Innoticker, the innovation podcast. Mm -hmm.